This content may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. As I actually had no clue what was happening at the time, when all of a sudden, my blood ran cold. I knew right then this man was armed, and I had to get the hell out of there. I mean, she was running to my kid and calling him a different name. My son and the other child got scared, and I approached them before she did, as I was faster than her. From Disturbed Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed. Welcome back in, everyone, and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you three true horrifying tales and two listener voicemails that will make your spine tingle. So sit back and listen close as we dive into the horror. We open the show with an email submission from Kira, featuring voice work by Rhiannon Mauschel, and we have a crazed neighbor. I've only told a few people this story. I don't enjoy thinking about how vulnerable I actually was in that situation without even realizing it at the time. Let me start by saying that me and my family, mum, dad and sister, lived almost in the middle of nowhere. Our house was based on a small road that was more like a big communal driveway through dense bush. All the houses on the road were on the left, as on the opposite side there was a big drop down a very bushy hillside where wild pigs would roam. Me and my family lived in between these two houses. Our neighbours to the right of us were very kind. So kind, we invited them over to our house a few times in the past. However, our neighbours to our left were very creepy and just downright weird. This story took place when I was about 10 or 11 and also involved my sister, who was about eight at the time. Me and my sister, being the young girls that we were, living in an isolated area, meant that we spent most of our time outside, on our own. Keep in mind we lived in a very safe neighborhood. And for extra precaution, after just recently renovating our house, my parents had set up security cameras scattered around our property, as we usually went on holidays and didn't want anyone breaking in. Before I tell the story, I need to let you know the layout of our driveway and garage. It's important for later. As well as the road, our driveway was also in between very dense bush, Nobody had fences down their driveway as the bush acted like one. Every house had a length of rope down where their property ended. In case anyone cut down trees, they would know that it was on their property. We had a little bay set up at the end of our driveway where cars could turn around when they left. This was all concrete. Opposite the bay was the big garage door that on the day of the incident was open. Our parents told us to leave either the garage or front door open when we rode our bikes, for just-in-case situations. This garage was connected to our house by a regular-sized door, just like any standard setup. Me and my sister were bored of sitting inside and decided to go and ride our bikes around the concrete driveway for a little while. My mum and dad were in the living room on an important phone call, 
which was quite a way away from the driveway so they wouldn't be able to hear or see anything occurring out there. We grabbed our bikes from the garage and started riding. We just went around and around in circles, trying not to fall over. We were playing for about 15 minutes when it happened. I heard a noise coming from the bush next to our driveway, coming from the left-hand side. This instantly put me on edge when I realized it was the side that the creepy neighbors lived on. It wasn't unusual to hear things in the bushes like birds or rats, but they would only make faint quiet noise. This was a loud noise, like a branch snapping. I had a bad gut feeling deep down, and having anxiety, I was especially aware of my surroundings at all times. So just for precaution, I told my sister to stop riding her bike for a few seconds so I could concentrate on the sound. I decided that if the noise disappeared after a while, we would have just carried on riding our bikes like nothing happened. That was until my sister said she saw a large figure in the bushes. I turned directly and stared intensely into the bushes to see where the noise came from. When I, too, saw a large figure, I looked at my sister and she was pale from fright. I looked away for a split second to survey our surroundings again, just to make sure there was nothing else dangerous that we couldn't see as I actually had no clue what was happening at the time. When all of a sudden, my blood ran cold. I looked at my sister who was now slowly edging away from the bushes and towards the garage. We both heard the unmistakable grunt of a chainsaw. From living amongst the bushes for so long, in the winter, people, including my dad, would cut firewood with a chainsaw, and we knew exactly what the sound was by now. Before I had time to take in the situation, the figure started moving closer until I realized who it was, my creepy neighbor. At this point, his staggering walk turned into running. He was now sprinting through the bushes towards me and my sister, chainsaw in hand. Neither of us screamed. I think we were both in complete and utter shock. Without even realizing, we both started moving as fast as possible to snatch our bikes off the ground. We both ran into the garage, I didn't take my eyes off our neighbor the whole time. My sister ran straight to the panel on the wall and shut the garage door. Our second panic was that the garage door was shutting very slowly. If the neighbor kept running, he would have every chance to come and snatch us. By now, the door was halfway down. It had taken about 10 seconds, but it felt like an hour. Me and my sister both had tears streaming down our faces when suddenly the noise of the chainsaw just stopped completely out of nowhere. I looked him dead in the eyes through the small closing gap in the garage. He was right at the edge of the bush, about to step onto our driveway. When I realized why he probably stopped, one of the security cameras we had pointed directly towards him. If he carried on, the camera would have picked up his movement and would have recorded the whole situation. Not realizing how lucky we were at the time, me and my sister quickly escaped into our house through the connecting door and locked it behind us. We told our parents what happened as we rushed inside, and they were very concerned. Just a few weeks back before this took place, our dog broke free of our fence and ran to their house. My mum and dad both went over there to retrieve him from our neighbours, and neither of them had said a single word to my parents the whole time. Just watching my parents from the window as our dog raced up to my dad. I'd hate to think what would have happened to me and my sister if the security camera wasn't there. Luckily, our neighbours later moved away, and two very nice people moved in. Neighbour with a chainsaw? Let's not ever meet again. 
can't get enough Disturbed, we've got you covered on Patreon with monthly bonus episodes, ad-free listening, shout-outs, and more. Visit disturbedpodcast.com slash support. You'll be glad you did. Up next, we have a listener voicemail from Marie, and she had an experience down a dark alleyway. Hi guys, my name is Marie. I'm 20 years old. I'm a huge fan of this show, and I really have thought about submitting this story for a while, but I've kind of been hesitant because I didn't think it was really cool, but I heard that you guys want more voice message stories, so here it is. So this took place when I was about eight or nine years old, and I lived in a suburban community. It was a really safe neighborhood, so no one was really worried about really anything, honestly. To describe my house, I lived kind of on the bottom of a hill, and there were houses stacked up on the hill. So if you were facing towards my house, or towards my backyard, you could see neighbors' windows if you're facing our backyard. It's hard to explain, but you can't really see inside of their house unless it was dark and there was a light on and they had their blinds open, but you can still see their windows. So this is important later in the story. And behind my house, there was an alley with other houses and you can access the alley through a fence. So. Basically, one day I was out with my friend bike riding because we did that all the time together and we decided to go in that back alleyway and so we were riding around everywhere, having a good time and we decided to go into the back alleyway and all of a sudden this white truck starts going down the alleyway and he's going really slow and a little backstory with me, (laughs) when I was a nine I was really afraid of getting kidnapped. I was super paranoid. Like I couldn't even watch the news. I was so freaked out about it. So seeing this white truck going super slow and staring at us, I kind of was freaking out. So I told my friend, I'm like, uh, why is he driving so slow? And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. So we stopped on the side of the road and we were just sitting there waiting for him to pass. Well, he goes slower as he's going towards us, and then he stops right next to us. And he turns off his engine, and he gets out of his truck. And I look at my friend, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, in my head, I'm like, we should probably run. There's no reason for him to be talking to us. This is weird. And so he goes out of his truck, and he comes up to us, and he looks at us up and down. He's like, so what are you two little girls doing out here all by yourselves? and he starts walking slowly towards us and we don't answer him we're like what the heck and he grabs my bike and at this moment i'm just like nope i'm done this is not okay this is weird and so i grab my friend and we run to my house and i'm like crying because i'm just so scared i like i didn't know why he was doing that why was he grabbing my bike and it was just weird and invasive so my parents went down we went through the backyard and then went into the alleyway and we don't see his car anywhere and we don't see him anywhere but i did see him hiding in 
another car. And I do not know why I didn't tell my parents this. I don't know why I didn't tell anyone this, actually. But for some reason, it was just, it was just really weird to me. And um, I don't know why he was hiding. But anyway, fast forward to the future. <laughs> Maybe like a year later. There is... So, remember saying you can see people's windows through the backyard? So, I started noticing my neighbor across the way from my room. He had a telescope, and he always would point it towards my room. And it looked like he was just looking at me through the room. And the reason why I could see inside of his house was because it was always at night, so there was always a light, and so you could see. His blinds were open, so you could see what he was doing. And... My mom started noticing it too, and she doesn't want to create any problems, so basically we got me some blackout curtains and made sure that he would not look into my room anymore. Not sure if he was looking in my room, and I'm not really sure if it's connected to the guy that tried to swoop me and my friend up and do who knows what, or kidnap me, or I don't even know if he was innocently doing that, but anyway guy that tried to kidnap us and also guy that was looking in my room, yeah, let's not meet again. Do you have your own terrifying encounter? Did something unexplained happen to you? Let us know and get featured on the podcast. Email mystory@disturbedpodcast.com. Now, next up, we have a submission from Callie, and she actually has a podcast of her own called Blame It on the Aliens, where she does Reddit readings of similar type stories. So go ahead and give her show a follow in your favorite podcast app. And for us, she shares her experience of how being a good Samaritan nearly put her and her daughter in danger. I'm a single mom of a three-year-old little girl. I'm so blessed that I have the most amazing parents who live about 20 minutes away from me and who keep her whenever I need them to. I live in the city next to their rural area and you have to go down a curvy, wooded rural road to get to their house out in the country. My little girl had spent the night with them the night before and I headed out to their house the next day around lunchtime to eat with them and bring her back to our house. It was a pretty day, sunny, A lot of bikers out though, so I was on high alert driving there as anybody speeding and not paying attention could easily hit a biker, which is a big fear of mine. I got there fine, ate lunch with them, and was headed back to my house driving on the rural road, which I know like the back of my hand and typically speed on, knowing when to slow down and take certain curves, etc. My little girl requested I put on her favorite songs in the car, so... I was kind of watching her sing as she sat in the car seat in the back of the car through my rearview mirror. As we drove back home, caught a glimpse of something blue up ahead just on the edge of the woods near the road. I was going fast enough that the image didn't quite set in as I approached then past it, but right after passing it, my brain finally processed that it was a blue older car. It was flipped upside down and was rammed into a tree. The road was empty with only one house near and there weren't any ambulances or cars near. So at first I was like, what the hell? Truly, the wreck didn't look like it had just happened. 
but I knew something was wrong in my gut. I pulled my phone out and called 911 as I kept driving, not fully processing that this had just happened. This is 911. What's your emergency? Hey, um, I'm driving down the road near my town and I just passed a blue car flipped upside down and it looks like they ran into a tree. There wasn't anybody visible near the car, like no other cars were around. Not sure if I was the first person on the scene or what. What's your exact location? Is there a house close to the wreck? Try to find the nearest address. I'm sending an ambulance out now. So was anybody hurt or visibly present at the scene? No, I didn't see anyone when I passed, but I'm not sure. I didn't get a super good look. I'm about two minutes down the road past the car now. Let me turn around and go back. I have my three-year-old little girl in the car with me, just letting you know. I don't necessarily want her to see anything traumatizing, but I, I mean, I'll do what I need to do if I find anyone. The car looked super bad. It's okay. Don't get out of the car. Keep your doors locked. Just see if you can find the nearest address and I'll stay on the phone with you the whole time. I turned around in the nearest driveway to me and drove back, speeding with my heart beating fast. As I now realized, someone clearly might be severely hurt. And I just passed them by, not thinking I was the first to arrive on the scene. I was scared, but in action mode, ready to deal with what I was potentially about to see inside the vehicle. When I got to the house I thought was closest to the wreck, the conversation picked back up with the operator. Okay, um, I think I'm almost to the car. I see a mailbox coming up right here. Hang on, okay, it's this road. That's the house a little less than a mile from the car, and I'm headed east going towards blank. I see the car right here coming up on my left, across from a sandpit looking area. It's a blue older four-door car. Okay, great, an ambulance was just dispatched and it won't be long before they get there. Do you see anyone in or near the vehicle? Oh my God. Wait, yes, I see a man, 25 to 30. He's standing in the middle of the road. I pulled up next to the man with my doors locked, rolled my window down with the phone still to my ear and 911 listening to me speak. I immediately say, oh my God, are, are you okay? Is that your car? The guy is slurring his words a little, clearly very injured, but still standing and not in critical condition. He says, yeah, I'm fine. That's when I notice a large wound on the side of his head with blood all over it. I say, oh my God, you're bleeding. You aren't okay. I'm on the phone with 911 right now and they're gonna send an ambulance. Don't move. I hear the 911 operator asking me if he was okay or if he was hurt in my ear. I say, no, he isn't okay. He's bleeding from his head but he's standing in the road. I see the guy's face go from concerned about getting help to fully panicked and flat. He says, is that 911 on the phone? Hang up. I need you to drive me up the road right now. Hang up the phone. The operator hears him say this and she says, is your daughter in the vehicle with you? I say, yes, I, I can't drive this man anywhere. I am not letting him in my car, especially with my little girl in here. Meanwhile, my daughter is silent in the back seat, taking everything happening in. And that's when I look down and notice the man isn't wearing shoes. He's standing with bare feet and there's a large wet stain on his blue jeans. 
which I immediately realized is he. I can smell alcohol on him and he isn't even standing that close to me. I work in the medical field and I deal with traumatic brain injury patients often, so I immediately wondered if maybe he had some kind of brain damage from the impact and began telling the operator, oh no, he, he's not okay, I think he's hurt. I look at the man, staying as calm and matter of fact as I can and tell him, I am so sorry, but I, I really can't drive you anywhere. My little girl is in the back seat and I just don't feel comfortable doing that. I didn't see anyone in the vehicle when I passed, so I had already called 911. I do think you need to let them come. I can't let you in my car, okay? But I will park over here and just make sure you're okay until they get here. The man is visibly panicked and now pissed off. He starts yelling, tell them not to fucking come. Hang up the phone. My heart literally stopped beating. I began slowly and gently pressing the gas, rolling past him to indicate I am leaving. The 911 operator in my ear says, pretend to tell me not to come, pretend to hang up with me, but keep me on the line. So that's exactly what I do. Hey, I think he's okay. He says he doesn't need any medical help. He lives really close to here. So actually, please don't send an ambulance out. I'm sorry for the miscommunication. Okay, thank you so much. Fake hang up. I set my phone face down in the passenger seat and tell him that I was gonna go now, but that I hoped he was going to be okay. That's when I noticed his pocket bulging with something silver peeking out. I knew right then this man was armed and I had to get the hell out of there. I smiled and said I was sorry I couldn't help, then quickly rolled my window up and sped off turning around further up the road and passing him again at 65 to 70 miles per hour on a 45 miles per hour road. I was crying hysterically and I pick up the phone to tell the 911 operator what had just happened. She said, it's okay, you did the right thing. You played it cool and appeased him. We have the address and the ambulance is already less than five minutes away. As she asked me for my name and my identifying information, I see and hear sirens further up ahead. Thank God for that 911 operator coaching me through the situation. I still don't know what happened to the man, but I do know that he was clearly intoxicated, dangerous, and fully panicked, which is a scary combination that will make people do things without thinking clearly in an instant. My little girl asked, Mommy, was that man hurt? I saw a bobo on his head. I just said, yeah, he's okay. He got a bobo. I think he was playing and bumped into a tree. But a nurse is going to come and give him a, a Band-Aid. I sure am glad we could help him. She was satisfied and smiled, continuing to listen to the music and sing when I turned the radio back on. A terrifying and creepy-ass encounter, to say the least. We need to get rid of some evidence. Don't go anywhere. Hello, this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, 
and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in-depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. Now back to the deliciously frightful. Disturbed Podcast with your host, Chad. Next up is a listener voicemail from Jacoby, and he saw something he couldn't explain in the sky. Hi, I just want to say that I really love your show. I've only been listening to it for a little while, but it is amazing. It gets me through the day. I was just on a really long road trip. I'm not going to say where I went just for privacy reasons, but... I was on a really long road trip, about probably total around three hours. Of course, we stopped. Like, the whole thing was about 30 hours in the car. So the podcast really got me through that. And a little bit of Netflix binge-watching, too. But most of the time I was listening to the podcast really got me through that part. So I also have a story. I think no one will really consider it as very creepy or anything. So I'm actually a 13-year-old. Don't underestimate me, though. I love doing gymnastics. It's my hobby. I'm always going to love it. And I'm not that bad either. It's just a sport that I love, something I love doing. So one day, me and my mom, we were on the way to gymnastics. And just for the record, I'm a boy. And on the way to gymnastics, we were in the car. We were about to get into gymnastics. But five minutes away, considering it's about a 25 minute drive, we were about five minutes away and kind of see this thing in the sky. And I'm like, oh, it must be a plane, but we kind of keep our eye on it. And like, the more we get closer, like the more it seems to go, I don't know how to explain it. The more we get closer, the more it seems to get further away from us. 
it kind of looks like a disc, but it's really far up in the sky. And we kind of knew it wasn't a plane because it wasn't moving. So that was really weird. I actually caught it on video. Right now I'm using an iPhone though, and it is on my Android. So it was really random. I don't know what it was. In my opinion, it was a UFO. But during that time, it was just, I again, I caught it on video and it was really, I have the video and it's just really hard to see anything. You kind of just see a dot in the sky, but it was really, you could see it. It was just really far away and it looked like a disc. Anyway, so yeah, the closer we got to it, it seemed to get kind of farther away. But at the same time, closer, I don't know. I don't really have words to describe it. It was really weird. Anyway, we were, we were about to pull into gymnastics and I had, we were having problems, um, like we had a problem with uh, one of the cars behind us. And so I took my eyes off it and I look back up and it's gone. And I get out of the car once I'm at gymnastics and I kind of look around and it's nowhere to be seen. So that's my story. I know it's not really creepy. I just, it's kind of my only experience in the kind of supernatural world. I I have had another one, which was, well, I used to live in France. Um, now I'm in Canada. But in France, I there was... um a woman in our house, our house was about 500 years old, who had died from cancer in my room. I was, I didn't see anything. I didn't, I was just like, the energy was really bad. And so I got someone, a special person to come in and they kind of cleared it out and stuff. Yeah, that was about it. So anyway, I just wanted to know what you guys had to say about that. I know it's nothing really amazing or scary, I just thought it was kind of cool, and maybe it's a UFO. We know for a fact it wasn't a plane just because of the shape and the fact that it was really high up in the sky and wasn't moving for about five minutes. So anyway, I just wanted to say thank you so much for putting out this show. I'm <laughs> literally counting down the ways, or counting down the days to the next week, and it's just an amazing way to occupy yourself. Thank you guys so much. Have a good day. I always love finding out how we have listeners of all different age groups, and I can't say for sure what you saw, but by very definition it does sound like a UFO. And of course that doesn't have to mean aliens, but rather it could be any flying object that can't be identified. Perhaps something military, it's hard to say. Or maybe there's that small chance it just could have been visitors from another planet. I like to keep the options open. Now, we haven't gotten too many UFO-type stories or submissions, so if you've seen something you can't explain in the skies, tell me about it. Disturbedpodcast.com slash hotline, or record a voice note on your phone and email it to mystory at disturbedpodcast.com. And finally, we close up the show hearing from Reddit user DramaAffectionate381, featuring voice work by Tanya Eby. And we have a run-in with a woman in the park. Hello, I, 27 female, am married to my husband, 31 male, and we have two children, fake names, Isaac, 8 male, from my first marriage, and Tiana, with my now husband, 5 female. I am new to Reddit, so I have no clue if this is even the right subreddit for my situation. I am very distraught right now, because I have been seeing this woman almost everywhere I go, and I have no idea if this is happening by coincidence, and I am trying to be calm as I write this. I am also not great with English, as it is not my initial language. 
This whole situation started somewhere around May 2022, where me and Isaac were at the local park, just doing our own thing. My son was just playing with some other child at the monkey bars when I saw this woman approach me. She had red hair, pretty sure it was natural, and her face seemed tear-stained. I became concerned as I thought she was crying. I proceeded to ask her what was wrong, if she was all right, but she kept staring at my son. The more she looked at him, the more she sobbed. Then, all of a sudden, she sprints to him, running, screaming, Michael! She kept calling him that, and it freaked me out. I mean, she was running to my kid and calling him a different name. My son and the other child got scared, and I approached them before she did, as I was faster than her. I then screamed at her to get lost, but she just stood there as I held my son, and she seemed pretty enraged. She then muttered some things, but I could not hear her as she stomped away. The other child's father and I talked for a bit, and he seemed alarmed by what had happened. He predicted that she was probably a grieving mother, and that my son looked like the child she lost. I was still disturbed and took my son home. Since then, I had been afraid to take any of my children to any public areas despite my husband's reassurance. Skip to June 2nd, 2022. I get a call from my school stating that a woman, who was a new volunteer for lunch duty, kept mentioning that my son was her Mikey bear and that she has been looking for him for years. They told me that another volunteer who had been working with her reported this. I was scared as hell and I acted immediately by signing my kids out for the day. When I called the school the next day, I was informed she was no longer there. So I became pretty freaked out. Skip to last week, July 13th, 2022. It was Tiana's fifth birthday and we decided to host it at a park in my in-laws hometown. Everything went well, although I was paranoid. It was then somewhere around 9 p.m. when we began tidying up and as I looked at many oak trees behind, I could have sworn I saw her. I screamed at the top of my lungs and started chasing after her, but she somehow got away. Ever since then, I have not seen her, but I feel like this is not the end of it. I am seriously considering homeschooling my children because of what has happened. Edit, my parents have arrived, the police are on their way, and the school is going to give the woman's information if the police ask for it. Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod. Don't forget you can send in your own true terrifying tale. Head over to disturbedpodcast.com slash submit to find out how. And if you'd like to support the show, you can get early access to our premium feed, which features ad-free listening and bonus episodes. Visit patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast to learn more. And let's go ahead and shout out our newest supporters, Fanny Garcia, Libra, AstroPig95, and Mark Collins. They all get instant access to our catalog of bonus episodes, ad-free listening, and 24-hour early episode releases, and you can too. Patreon.com slash DisturbedPodcast. Music by Carl Casey at WhiteBatAudio and Co.ag. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode. And stay safe out there, y'all.